You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and as always, Graham Trainer. Happy belated Veterans Day. I want to give a special shout-out to Tony Bennett for paying respect to the troops by letting Navy take UVA to the cleaners. Very savvy move. Honestly, you, there, that is that is a good good take on that. Tony Bennett has a lot of respect for the troops, Navy in particular, and he could not just allow his team to beat Navy on Veterans Day week. Yeah, you gotta you gotta yeah. I mean the the uh, servicemen they work harder. I stole that joke from Uncle Henry's child Brett. So shout out to Uncle Henry, one of our one of our loyal listeners. Thank you, Uncle Henry, for the take. It was a sad day for UVA hoops. Not that there hasn't been plenty of sad days in UVA hoops, but you're looking at that Navy squad, and they just dominated the boards, had had extra chance points. A lot that was shot well from three. They had two starters out, but you're looking at a team that's not going to be like a regular college basketball team in that they're going to be rusty. They've been practicing their discipline for like four years with their eyes closed, and you knew they were going to give 100% effort because that's all they're able to do is give it 100% effort, and they made UVA look bad. They're just out there running the wishbone of the eye formation. Yeah, it's, the triple option is very confusing when it comes to college hoops. You don't even you don't recognize it out, out there. Yeah, do you think it's time to trade Kihei, or is it por- uh, transfer portal time? Is that what they say? Kihei, it needs. Um, he needs to hit. I mean, he's hit big shots. He's not uncapable of hitting big shots. But is he? Is he like Joe Montana at the end of the Niners? He needs to go to the Chiefs and just kind of, you know drift out i so there's there's a there's a part of there's a part of my my soul that if you were there in 2019 you can do whatever you want i know i'm kidding we need he needs a statue All, the whole team needs a statue even even the ball boy even even wahoops guy our, uh, our boy, gray, uh gray yeah gray yes uh gray ellington um and cody statman still from the 2019 squad he's on there i think uh Francisco Carrero, he's he's getting a larger role this year. He was in the 2019 squad. Um, you know what was sad is I forgot my national championship poster in my garage when I moved out. I don't know where it is. Yeah, well, there's always one at your real home, KHOL. That's right. I'm looking at it over here at the corner of my eye, going through the f- fuzzy picture in the background, being like, oh, yeah, Good. that guy's still there. That guy's still there. Um, yeah, it was it was a bad loss. Bad loss in Navy. UVA does bad loss early in the season. They have some young. They have a scorer. They finally have a scorer in Gardner that looks like he can take it to the hoop and score with his big frame. A transfer from ECU. But uh, as all fans of this po- podcast will know, we will talk about UVA hoops. Yeah. <laughs> I like that agreement. Does you want to add in on any of that? I just kind of took it and, and rolled with no, it. I was trying to, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was trying to think of a Gardner joke, like a Gardner pun. Like he's trying to plant. He needs to plant more more tomatoes in the basket or something, but I, I just, I got lost and I completely lost my train of thought. And I just said, yeah, the old, <laughs> the old basketball adage of put the tomato in the basket. Yeah. Pete, the peach peach in the basket. So he's the gardener, but do you garden peaches or do you, what, what do you pluck? Uh, harvest harvest. You're a harvester. I think you only, I think you only pick apples, right? Do you pick yeah. anything else? 
We need a player. We need a player called Harvester. Um, you pick your nose. George Welsh used to do that. Mm. Mm. Uh, you you pick cotton. You cut tobacco. You harvest corn. You cut wheat. Mm. Pick a banjo. You pick a banjo. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it's also worth mentioning. Uh, what's that? You pick, college, you pick college football teams. We pick them every week. All right, so before we get in the show, I think it's worth mentioning it is dumping outside. It is getting to that point in the season and in the offseason where people are really ready to start skiing. I'm telling you, live by the rule of three. And the rule of three is when the third person says they didn't hit anything on the way down to the top parking lot, that's when you go. Let everyone else be the guinea pigs. I I live by the third one when the I don't I'm not talking about the you're, you're not the third mentioning of skiing that's too early third person you trust go and do it I'm not talking about that that skid up at the wart saying yo bro went skiing this storm cycle it was totally sick that does not count as as a person that you check off and say okay I think it might be good to go yeah not the three first times you overhear drunk people slamming pounders at bars talking about how many powder days they already have by thanksgiving no. yeah no nah, that's not that's not it but we should uh we have a pack show and we should get right into it um so let's huddle up uh, the huddle is the good news of the week the critical number of the week something that you are stuck on and your quote slash question of the week trainer i'll kick it to you your good news of the week so just as soon as Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers coming back this week, I guess he is, right? I believe so. I think you get two negative tests and you're back in if you're an, a non-vaccinated player. Gotcha. Um, What's well, yeah? Um, I'd say it's pretty amazing that OBJ has been offered a veteran contract to the Packers. Misery loves company, as they say. Yes. Uh, I'm hoping he accepts. It's a 1.075 million dollar contract. Um, if he had been claimed off waivers, it would have been $7.25 million for that team who claimed him, but that didn't happen. And because he was kind of like holding them hostage, saying, if any crappy teams claim me on waivers, because I think the Lions would have first pick, he's like, I'm going to be a nightmare in the locker room. And they were like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yikes. The Browns, the Browns still own 4.25. So that's a five plus, I mean, that's almost a. Yeah, five million, six million dollar contract combined. The Packers, or if he signed this veteran minimum with the Packers, but New England's still out there. New Orleans is still out there. I, I feel like that's not going to go well if he doesn't have an alpha quarterback. And I, so, okay, yeah, yeah, keep going. I saw the Chiefs too, right? Kansas City. That's it. Yeah. So I didn't see. I didn't see the Pats. I know that they would. That's kind of up their alley, right? The 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 wandering wide receiver with a bunch of skills that haven't quite settled down on a team or learned how to be a good teammate they love that style of player it's a it's a yeah it's a hot hot topic uh he's 29 randy moss was 29 randy moss i will admit randy moss looked done with with the oakland raiders back then like i was thinking about it i was like randy moss is so much better than obj at this point but randy moss really was looking like he was done with the league. And then he was the best receiver of all time that season besides Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson. And so there is some similarities. Like you could, yeah. you could make those, you can make those parallels. I also think that your brain back in the day, when you saw a star or maybe a former star or someone that everyone perceived as over the hill and only the Raiders signed them, I think your brain automatically were like, Oh, they're done. Yeah. Because there was a there was a time and place where like the Raiders was the last place that people went. Yeah, it is. 
Um, it was the last place. It was the last place Gruden went. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! A lot of players have gotten off the Raiders that might not ever play football again. Um, my good news was very similar, only in the through the lens that OBJ might land with the Saints, and the Saints, I don't think they're in the running. But it is nice to have a a splashy receiver come in in the middle of the season and try to somehow work his way in with the backup of Trevor Simeon. That would be fun because as a Saints fan, I'm looking at the remainder of the schedule and wondering how a, a playoff push or a wild card playoff spot is does not seem that achievable through my pessimistic lens. Yeah, there's there's a part of me like obviously like there's the we just lost Michael Thomas, a very injury prone player, and then you got an injury prone player that would be coming in in OBJ. A part of me wonders whether OBJ really was kind of checked out like Ben Simmons-esque and didn't even want to play in games. Sometimes he just said he was more hurt than he was, and maybe he is healthier than you think he is, so he could come in and obviously help the Saints receiving court. I don't know if he wants to go there and be the alpha without another guy to to cover on the other side. Like if he goes to Green Bay, he's got Devontae Adams on the other side. If he goes to KC, he's got Tyreek Hill on the other side. So it all depends on like if he wants to go back to – I take it he's from Louisiana, and he wants to go play for the the home the home team. Yeah. Also, um, that would be that would be part of it. I think that's maybe the yeah. only reason why the Saints are in that um, realm because LSU play, LSU fans don't forget, and the, and the overlap between LSU and the Saints is almost if you root for LSU, ninety eight percent chance you root for the Saints. Um, and so they'd welcome back with open arms. I did read this coming out of Cleveland. Reports out of Cleveland suggest that OBJ was improvising on his routes so frequently that Baker Mayfield just didn't know where he was on the field. <laughs> and so they're like, look at how open OBJ is. And Baker Mayfield, meanwhile, is like, yeah, he's so far off route. I can't waste my time trying to find him. I have to go to where I know the receivers are going to be which is a fundamental flaw if you're a wide receiver. No matter how open you are, it doesn't matter if the quarterback does not know where you are. Yeah. Uh, Odell, it was great. You ran all the way to the end zone and waved your hands around, but we're on our own 10-yard line, so that didn't really help me out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting rushed so viciously right now. Uh, that was also my good news is the OBJ moving and the Saints potentially being a landing spot. So I'll kick it to you for your critical number. Uh, this kind of foreshadowing to later, but Cincinnati. Yes. Oh, I did. I messed it up. 102nd. <laughs> 102nd? I don't see if, you, see if you can guess it with those two accidental clues the Cincinnati and the 102nd. You can get this. Uh, they have a, I don't know, 100, but it's, you're, you're, you listed a number larger than any other. I mean, there's only 32 NFL teams. 102nd in history to, not make the playoffs after going four and two. Oh, oh, you're thinking of the Bengals. I'm thinking of your Bearcats. Oh, oh, crap. Uh, All right. <laughs> the Bearcats, 102nd strength of schedule. There you go. Boom goes the dynamite. So it's time to drop them this week. Get our pooper, get off the pot, Massey. I think I'm, I, I think Cincinnati is an interesting storyline I could stick with because the two teams above them, Oregon and Ohio State. Ohio State, I'll have to look at a couple things, but Ohio State, I mean, has the rest of their schedule in front of them. They could lose. And Oregon, there's a loss somewhere out there in Oregon's schedule that no one is looking for or, or no one sees right now. Everybody's circling Utah at Utah right now for Oregon, so I can see that happening. But, yeah, Cincinnati definitely, you know, having 
it's like having the queen over ESPN comes for college game day for the first time ever. And you kind of lay an egg against Tulsa and barely beat them at home. So wasn't, wasn't a great look. I mean, Tulsa lost that game on a fourth and goal play where someone who was six foot even 315 pounds tried to run the ball and never run the ball in his life. Did you see that? Yeah. Also, the quarterback slid on the one yard line the play before. Like had an open end zone and was like trying to slide in the end zone. I was like, that doesn't work, dude. You got to put your put yourself on the line a little bit more if you want to beat the number six team in the country. Like what? How? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, my critical number: seventy-five percent. Ooh, seventy-five percent chance that. Uh, Alabama makes the college ball playoff. Oh, it's high, it's higher than that, brother. Um, uh, two losses with two losses. <laughs> I am worried about Auburn. I know Auburn laid an egg against Texas A&M, but I only think that speaks to how good Texas A&M's defense is. Um, and Alabama's defense is not that good. Not as good as Texas A&M's. Um, they're no, often. I mean, yeah, that's the, fair. I mean, that, that could be three. I meant two losses in A&M and, and Georgia in the in the title game. Oh, oh, uh, maybe. What's seventy five percent? Uh, seventy. Oh, yeah. Sorry, stop co- talking about college football. My brain, my brain switches to a different gear. If Wentz plays seventy five percent of his team snaps during the regular season, the Eagles would receive a first round draft pick in the twenty twenty two draft. If he plays Ooh. less than that, they get a second round draft pick in the twenty twenty two draft. You know that there's Eagles fans out there that are calculating exactly how many plays Carson Wentz is is playing. That being said, Carson Wentz is expecting his second child any day now. And when asked if he was going to play, he said he talked about it with his wife, and he's going to play. And I'm sure Eagles fans are going to try to morally roast him online to try to convince him to be in that hospital room for his second child uh, to be born. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, they, he didn't leave Philly on great terms anyway, so I'm sure he's happy to troll them by by playing as much as possible. Well, it's fu- it's funny. Like, I think I think the Colts need to kind of need to play this to their advantage a little bit, not give up the first round 2022 draft pick when they're what four and three. They're like three games behind the Titans right now in the AFC yeah. South. Like, you would think that the Colts would, in the back of their brain, know exactly how much how many snaps need to be played and and start taking him out in the fourth quarter, whether he's getting blown out or maybe the Colts have a, are going to have a win. He doesn't need to kneel down the ball or hand it off to the running back if they're up 14 with four minutes to go. Like, just let just let the other guy go hand hand the ball off. I love it. Yeah, I love these incentive laden draft pick trades. They're so funny. Like the the like you don't you don't you remember? I remember hearing about it, and I don't remember like what it was, but now like hearing all about it again, it draws up the memory of oh if. The Eagles will get this if Carson Wentz plays this. So I wonder if there's a guy like a I think it's an intern that keeps track of this, or you know, it's like an analytics guy on the Colts that's paid like 200k to do that. Could oh, well, either one. He's failing at his job. I'm I'm more curious about the Twitter account that's keeping track of all this. <laughs> Fair enough. There, there's <laughs> some there's some Philadelphia fan in his parents' basement just like with spreadsheets like Charlie Day off Always Sunny in Philadelphia doing pins and yarn. And looking uh, like he's go. just chuffed, chuffed, chiefed like 10 cigs and drank two pots of coffee. 
the detective, the good detective, right. Russ Cole. Uh, what is your stuck on this week? Oh, mine is uh, kind of a question because, oh, yeah, we just brought it up. The two loss Alabama is potentially there. This is a scenario. This is a role play for you, Massey. Oh, a stuck on role play. All right. Stuck on role play. Two loss Alabama. This is a hypothetical. It's whatever. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving. Uh, Georgia defense is about to win the Heisman. Uh, Alabama has two losses. Oregon has one loss. Ohio State has one loss. And there's an undefeated OU, undefeated Cincinnati. And there's three teams that in Bama, OU, and Cincinnati that are fighting for that fourth spot. Who, who gets it? Bama with two losses, it would depend on how they lost. I think it's shaping up to where Alabama might be able to win the SEC West if Texas A&M loses again. So the hypothetical that a two-loss regular season Alabama goes in and beats Georgia convincingly as a – oh, man. Like, if they win the SEC championship and get snubbed, I would be shocked. But didn't A&M already lose two SEC games? So isn't Alabama but already going to go? They are going to go, but if they lose to Auburn, that's – Texas A&M has the tiebreaker. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking, sorry, I'm talking long game. Two losses, so Alabama's only lost to A&M, and they've only lost to Georgia. If they and lose they, to Georgia, that's a clean, the committee can has an easy decision. I think they can they can send Alabama down to five. Okay. With okay. an undefeated if, Cincinnati and an undefeated the Oklahoma. The Oklahoma's got the rest of their schedule in front of them. Baylor, Oklahoma State, and uh, Iowa State. Yeah, so, so I think. Yeah, matter and and also I think they would. Is there a Big Twelve championship game anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, so they'd have to they'd have to play Oklahoma would have to play probably Oklahoma yeah. State again since Baylor lost last week. Yeah, so maybe back to back Oklahoma. Yeah, so talk about winning one for the skipper. TCU went out there and won one for the skipper over Baylor after Gary yeah. Patterson got fired. God, another another uh, the new the new skipper stepping up like like the Raiders this year. I mean, it's been yeah. Win one for the skipper is a real, a real thing. Um, yeah, uh, Bama is not as good as number two. They're, right now their uh, resume is good, and I'm going to look this up. The resume is good enough to have them in that number two spot because they, they've had um, – their strength of schedule is 21. They've beaten three top – they have three top 25 wins. Um Oregon is looking at a, a great strength of schedule in 25, but you have a drop-off with Ohio State at 63, like you said, Cincinnati at 102nd, and then you have all the Michigan, Michigan State at 45 and 43, respectively. Oklahoma way down there at 83. Notre Dame, surprisingly, 41. The, Notre Dame has a very, very similar resume to Michigan and Michigan State with their only loss being at Cincinnati. It's just and Oklahoma State, I think, has got a real shot if they wouldn't have blown it against Iowa State earlier in the year. Um, man, it's fun. It's fun to think of hypotheticals. Yeah. Because when um, – well, we'll talk about it later, but because if Oregon loses, Cincinnati might be in. The committee might have done themselves a favor in putting them at number six, knowing that the five teams ahead of them might be able to sort itself out on their own. And they'd be like, hey, Cincinnati, there you go. Here's a freebie. You can go lose in a blowout to Georgia. Have fun with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, my stuck on besides UVA losing to Navy, where I've thought about it all day long, um, <laughs> is uh, and this is going to be all year. And college basketball fans, I hope you're ready. 
But Coach K got uh, a started his farewell tour in Madison Square Gardens uh, where he beat the Wildcats. But before the game, he was given a plaque at half court. And during halftime, there was a video talking about his contribution to college basketball, and Tom Izzo starred in it, so did John Calipari, and it's like, this is going to be all season long. I mean, yeah, it's a lot. It's going to be a lot. (laughs) It's It's going to be. Roy Williams was like, hey, man, I don't want to coach no more. Uh, Think I'm out. Coach K's like, I don't want to coach anymore, but make sure we have fans in the stands next season so I can – have a farewell tour where people constantly kiss the ring and, and let me know how great I am. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. It's, it's going to be cringeworthy every single week. I'm glad MSG is out of the way. I don't know what's next, but, yeah, it's going to be a long ACC season seeing his trophies presented. They'll give him they'll gift him things like along the way at all these away games for Duke, and obviously the last game at Duke will be the greatest day ever. It will be. I'm, I might watch that game just in case the building collapses, you know? Somebody like, hey, you know, you didn't have to fake an injury this time. Um, those poor, those poor seniors. He's it's so it's so bad what he's doing to those seniors because senior day is going to be completely shadowed by Coach K. Oh, I like that so. narrative. Yeah, forget senior day. It's Coach K day. He's like, boys, get off my court. That the the floor is named after me. Get off of it. I I need the spotlight here. What is your quote slash question of the week? My stock on. Oh, I thought you just did a, a hypothetical stuck on with the uh, numbers game you played for the college football playoff. Oh, I did. Oh, I had two. Oh, my small. Okay, my small sub sub stock is Brennan Armstrong's injury and still being questionable. It's gonna be a game time decision. Big um, big game against Notre Dame. Five and a half point dogs at home. Yeah, my quote of the week is from <clears throat> defensive lineman Bo Davis, and I uh, prepared a TNT dubbed. Um, version of this for the show. A TNT or TST? TNT. TBS. TBS. All right. Wait. So what's his name? Bo Davis, defensive line coach, the one who was uh, caught on camera yelling after Texas lost 30 to 7 to Iowa State. Okay. Just you see this? Yes, I did listen to this. He, he dropped so many cuss words in such a short period of time that I was like, I feel it. This is exactly this is exactly how coaches should react if you're coaching Texas defense right now. All right. Some of you Morphin Rangers need to get in the transfer portal. This shampoo ain't a game to me. And if you think it's a game, get the funk house off this bus. I got my ass kicked, and you Muppet babies wanna laugh? This this shell is real. You think it's a golem joke? I'm tired of this Shaq Barrett because this Shape shapeshifter is goldfish real, and we want to laugh and joke. Fuji water that. <laughs> that was excellent. I don't think Thank the you. FCC will get in our case for that. Um, this is what if you if you're a Texas fan, this is what you want to hear your coach say to your defense after going and getting up big in some of these games. And I'm looking at the last like four games; they had at least a two touchdown lead I think in every single one and they come out flat in the second half if you're offended by this then maybe football is not for you like this guy is coaching for his life right now and he's he's talking to his players exactly how if I was a player would be expected to be talked to at like the bus in the locker room is a sacred space when it comes to coaching and you have to let your coaches 
coach coach their team and football is a violent man's game and if you're not ready for curse words and not ready for violent men to coach other violent men football and expect some mamby pamby disneyland bs for them pat them on the butt and say maybe next time this is like four or five games in a row the defense let him down i love this what's his name bo davis mm-hmm. yeah give him a government official position <laughs> he doesn't want that <laughs> no he does not want that but yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally agree. This, this, this started, man, how long has it been? 12 years since the Mike Leach, the kid in the shed, the, the ESPN. Analysis uh, kid, analyst kid. Yeah, yeah, that was like the beginning. Of, that was a flip phone back in the day. And then, it, and then it was kind of Antonio Brown doing it in the Steelers locker room to Mike Tomlin. Remember that when he's Facebook living the after game or you know post, post-game locker room hangout and Tomlin's going off on them because they lost the game, the Steelers. So it's just like – I hate this stuff. I hate this. Like I'm wearing a wire. I'm getting the coach in trouble. I think I'm going to do some good by showing the coach, not even say anything bad. He just, you know, yeah, a couple of choice words, but nothing, nothing crazy, nothing cancelable. Yeah. As he should have, as, yeah. as, as is his right as defensive coordinator of a bad defense who has championship aspirations, according to their fan base every year. <laughs> um, but this comes, just a week after uh, Monkey Gate, so it's great. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, okay. So my quote: Monkey Gate. <laughs> pole, pole cat. That <laughs> is the greatest thing ever. I mean, talk it's about your ultimate plane. spin zone. Maybe, in fact, it was the uh, special teams coach. I've already forgotten his name. Where he's like, I need to get this spotlight off me. I'm just gonna well uh, put a put a mic on the uh, defensive coordinator's bus see if he, on the defense bus see what he says just so my monkey biting a biting a uh teenager get him get him off my case um my quote question of the week um i hate how much we've talked about aaron rodgers and kyrie on this uh on this podcast but let me ask you a question what is kyrie doing on the nba all-star ballot Where's the All-Star game played? I don't know, but I'm just wondering if a guy doesn't play for his team all season long, how can he be an NBA All-Star? <laughs> I was just asking because if it's someplace that doesn't care about vaccination and mass, then he's okay to play. <laughs> what if he drops like 75 points in the NBA All-Star game and everyone's just like, Kyrie's back. We told you he didn't go nowhere. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie will be definitely have some uh, fresh legs if he gets to play in the All-Star game. But, I mean, it's just like, that's ridiculous. I didn't know that was even a thing. But – that kind of happens. Like they'll put they'll put some turds on there on the MLB All Star ballot that I'll just laugh at year after year, and then it's just kind of like a, um, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, what's it called? Con- not confirmation bias. Like when they when they put Alabama in, yeah, at number number two with one loss. When you're like, you just kind of say like, yeah, we'll give them the benefit the benefit of the doubt bias, whatever. That's yeah, called, yeah, the technical term. I'm sure. Sure. Benefit of the doubt bias. <laughs> Recency bias. I don't know. There's so many biased out there. I can't keep up with them anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a bias. Another bias. Also, I need you to explain to me why C.D. Lamb has been fined more for uh, jersey infractions than Aaron Rodgers got, fun, got for uh, lying about COVID-19 and not following protocols. There's COVID <laughs> vaccination. I'll give you the numbers. C.D. Lamb had an untucked jersey versus the Eagles on September 27th, fined $5,150. He had an untucked jersey versus the Panthers. He was fined fifteen thousand four hundred fifty dollars for that infraction. Aaron Rodgers got got uh, fined fourteen k. 
That's like, yeah, that's like, why would I, why do you need to, why can't it just be $3? Why doesn't it be $3.46? $15 million and 150, 15, one, what'd you say? 15, 450. The 450 is basically change is, is pocket change to him. So it's like, why are you adding this 450? We're just call it 15,000, call it 16,000. Anyway. It was, it was how egregious it was like, not only was it untucked, you, you only had the back tucked in. It was going to be 16, but we've reduced it to 15,450 because the back stayed tucked in. It's like, what what the hell are we doing here? That's the opposite of the front tuck. The back's tucked in, not the front. The front, not the back. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was remember, – remember back in the day when you were like we, – everyone was branching out of their fathers, you better tuck your shirt in, son, just rebelling against the against the cause, and you tucked in the front just to – but you had the back out just to keep it cool, kind of like a mullet. Oh, he's doing a mullet. He's doing a shirt mullet. He's doing business in the front, party in the back. That's what CD Lamb's doing. I like that. Yeah. It's, no, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a joke. I mean, the NFL obviously doesn't know how to really pay attention when it comes to fining and this new taunting penalty and the referee sticking his butt out and penalizing a Bears player on Monday Night Football. It's like they just that was ridiculous. I, can yeah. we can we talk about that for a second? If you have not sure. if you've not seen the video. This guy, eight-year NFL veteran, just got called up, made the, makes the game, makes the almost the game-winning sack. I don't know if you can call it that, but it's pretty close, right? It's a pivotal, yeah, it's a pivotal play. Yeah, he um, he he does a celebration, and then he, as he's running off the field, he's kind of backpedaling, and the ref sticks out his butt just so they run into each other, and he throws the flag and calls it taunting. It's like, what? What are yeah, we doing? Was- James Harden flailing into somebody for free throws, what the rep did. It was embarrassing. And and the Bears have every right to be to be absolutely pissed about that. Um that that is the huddle. Should we go into our college football pick'em? I know we talked a, a little bit earlier in the show, so maybe we'll skip the uh analysis section of this, but let's go into our college football pick'em. You ready? Ready. Uh and after this we'll go to the NFL. So just to make things clear, I have, I have four teams. Graham has four teams. We pick a total of eight teams between the two of us and try to guess who's going to have the most teams in the college football playoff and then to see who wins. I have Bama, who's playing New Mexico State. They are favored by 51 and a half points. What a tough schedule. Uh, they got to play in SEC West, the best conference in football all year long. I have – Ohio State, they are ranked fourth. They play their favor by 20 and a half versus the giant killer, Purdue. Do they have it two weeks in a row? King Slayer. King, I mean, uh, Purdue, yeah. have they, has Purdue beaten two top two teams this year? Beaten, Iowa and. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State, yeah. Michigan State, technically a top two in the college football playoff, and Iowa was a AP top two. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. All right. That's fair. I also have Oregon. I didn't write down their number versus Washington State for some reason. Uh, I think they were favored by maybe two touchdowns, double-digit scores. They are number three playing Washington State at home. Cincinnati, which is very curiously st- at number five in the country. They're fl- favored by 20.5 at South Florida. Cincinnati needs to have some style points. Yeah, and pretty soon here. I don't know what, what who can they who can they style it up against. I don't know. That Notre Dame just refuses to lose and they keep climbing the charts and that away on the road away win is still that that piggy bank is still receiving cash every every time Notre Dame wins. Graham, let's go through your let's go through your four. Oklahoma yep. at number we do, the, we do the first one and just move on. 
Oklahoma at number eight, favored by five and a half at on the road at Baylor. They are number 13. They just lost a disappointing one to, oh, I said it earlier. Was it Iowa State? I forgot who they lost to. No, TCU. TCU. Um, Georgia favored by 20. I think this is a sneaky sleeper game. They are at Tennessee in Knoxville. They're favored by 20. Tennessee has – Tennessee is dangerous. How about that? We'll leave it at that. You mean like throwing mustard bottles and beer bottles dangerous or like point spread dangerous? Well, uh, they might cover the spread, but also you never know what you're going to get. You might you might just have a, be a victim of a riot at Tennessee. Kirby better wear that visor. Better wear an extra large. Golf yeah. on the face. Hurts. Uh, and then you have number six, Michigan, which inexplicably jumped Michigan State uh, in the college football rankings this year after losing to them two weeks ago. I oh my God. What, what, what did you, who did you drop them for? You're good. I have Michigan State and uh, I picked up Auburn last week. That's right. Auburn is playing. Um, this, not good anymore. They, they did not look good against Texas A&M. And you have Michigan State, who lost last week to Purdue. So you're kind of in for a little bit of a messy process. That's too bad that I have first pick. And the people that I'm looking at is, are the hated Notre Dame Irish and Ooh. Oklahoma State. That would give me one representation from the Big 12 because Oklahoma State does control their own destiny in that cliche of a term, but – they really do. They have Oklahoma in front of them. Anything can happen in Bedlam. I'm not there yet. I'm not there on Oklahoma State, and I'm not about to sell my soul ever again and pick Notre Dame this season. And I'm I'm willing to stay to watch you flounder around with these two picks that you need to uh, you need to pick up here. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Massey's not jumping off the Bearcat wagon. All right, let's do this. Michigan State. Bye-bye. Sorry. It was fun. It was fun being a Spartan for a little while. But I'm going to go back to the other side of the state. I'm going to be a Wolverine again because the Wolverines are at least hosting Ohio State. So there's something there. There's at least something to look forward to. That, that is true. <laughs> going to have to drop Auburn, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll pick up Oklahoma State. Saw them play live. They're maybe my team for no reason um, this year. And they have to – that's right. They will get to host OU in the Bedlam game, and then I guess maybe no matter the what happens, the outcome of that game, play o, OU again. So if they go back to back OU wins. OU ranked, let's say they're ranked in the top five for one of them, and then top ten for the other. I mean that's two big wins. So I don't know how the committee would look at that. A right. win at home and then a neutral field against the same team. It's got that's going to be a very I feel like set a precedent that we haven't seen before, but maybe it has happened before. Not totally sure. And Oklahoma State's defense is good. They are mm-hmm. in the in the good realm, and Oklahoma doesn't do doesn't have a great offense. So it's it is it was very tempting for me to drop Cincinnati, and if I were to pick up one, it would have been it would have been Oklahoma State or or Michigan. I just for whatever reason, I'm unwilling to believe in Harbaugh up there at Michigan. Well, that's good. That's good to hear that the genius, the prodigy this year would have picked Oklahoma State. So I'm at least <laughs> on the right path. And um, yeah, go Cowboys. What can I say? Just gonna just gonna say this out of the one, three, four, and five teams in this in this ranking. Just saying. Oh yeah, those teams I used to have. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool, man. That's cool. Did we lock you in a dumpster one time? Yeah, I got I mean, that. Maybe I should just maybe I should just should I just be really cool and just only keep Georgia and drop the other teams. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, you got two two Big Twelve. No, no, no. Yeah, two Big Twelve, one Big Ten. Um, Ohio State is going to just roll over Michigan, in my opinion. But the Oklahoma State hedging your bets with Oklahoma, I, I do like that. I like that the best. Good. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, in other college football news, there, there is not. There was a top twenty-five game that I uh, that I failed to write down. Oh, oh, the ACC. Let's just glance at the ACC for a minute. Really? Yeah, they're they're actually the ACC. Okay, let's 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 backtrack. The ACC yeah. is presumably out of the college football playoff, but one of the Power Five major conference conference football conferences in college. There is. I have no idea what's going on there. Like none. The ACC. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Wake Forest played a non-conference game against UNC and lost by a touchdown, like seventy to seventy-seven or something. Um, they're yeah, they're Purdue, yeah. Purdue and Ohio State was one. A and M and Ole Miss was number two. Mm. Top twenty-five games, and then the game you're about to reference, NC State at Wake Forest. Um, I think. What what who's A and M playing Ole Miss? I think Ole Miss is a walking zombie. I don't see them being good enough to beat Texas A and M's defense. No, I don't either. I, I feel like that's. Uh, I mean, who's at home? I'll give them that. I'll I'll say it's at home. <laughs> Lane Kiffin's looking squarely at Florida. Uh, Dan Mullen, by the way, just firing everybody. He fired his defensive Todd Grantham, who is a complete dinosaur. He's been in the and if he's been in football since 98 or not, no 1990 started at Virginia Tech he's been on four pro teams and eight college teams they got rid of him must have been the D coordinator's fault and they got rid of his the uh, O-line the O-line coach and Dan Mullen's like see it's their fault I'm ready for an Alabama fan as as to start blaming Bill, o, Bill O'Brien so I'm I'm with him we knew he was mulling it over um but NC State at Wake Forest. NC State is second in the Atlantic. Wake Forest is one. They're five and zero in the conference. NC State's four and one. That is a sneaky, interesting game. And then Pitt and uh, is number one in the Coastal. UVA is behind them. It's second in the Coastal. Pitt with Kenny Pickett looks pretty good, but both those races are up for grabs. And wouldn't it be something if UVA played Wake Forest? In the ACC championship, and Clemson was just sitting at home playing golf, as they say. I like that. I like that. That'd be nice. Because no, what is Notre, Notre Dame does not count. That's not ACC. It was right? still. It was last year. They God, just so just during their COVID year. Playing, yeah, Wake Forest playing a non-conference North Carolina game. They lost. Like, yeah, it's very confusing. The ACC is a little a little a little troubling at times for me. It's like like we talked about earlier, the Charlie with the red red yarn trying to figure out who's in the ACC, who's not, what's going on here. Is Maryland still in there? Not, not Mar- Maryland is – I bet you Maryland fans hate being in the Big Ten. They have to yeah. hate that. Yeah, they hate it. How could you go you, – you're on the East Coast. You're squarely on the East Coast, and you have to travel 10 hours to get to the middle of the country to play a basketball game on a Tuesday night and then travel 10 hours back to play on a Friday night to their home. It's just, it's just odd yeah. to me. I mean- Crab cakes and football. Where do crabs come from, Massey? The Atlantic Ocean. Atlantic. Chesapeake Bay. Chesapeake Bay. Okay. Um so the, yeah, that's all the college that's that's the that's the whole college football slate. I'm assuming as we go further into the season and we uh as this season has unfolded, 
and we've said, oh, well, there's not a couple of big games this week. Something ludicrous is going to happen this weekend. Yeah, but what is it? What's per- going to happen? Purdue the giant killer. I mean, yeah. I think. I mean, that's that's the most obvious one. I'm hoping for – Is no, yeah, Notre Dame doesn't play at Stanford yet because uh, Stanford's the only team that beat Oregon. So I've been – I've circled that one, but that's not for a few weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, besides – besides, I don't know if Oregon, if Washington State, I know they're above 500. I don't know if there's anything there. I guess there always can be. There's a lot of parity. So maybe, maybe that's another one. I, I, that wouldn't shock me either. Washington State doesn't have their, you know, they've won one for the skipper after their their coach got fired because he refused to get a, a vaccine as a state employee. So, so I think they've they're out of their win one for the skipper games, and now they're on to like, mm, do we really want to play football the rest of the season? Yeah, and Drew Bledsoe went there, so they're pretty good. Yeah, the ghost of Drew Bledsoe still walking the halls of Washington State. Fun fact, here's something that everyone forgets about Washington State. You know who came from Washington State? Clay Thompson. You know he was who is coached by? Tony oh, Bennett. Bennett, sorry. That did you just miss your miss your cue? Uh, I should raise my should raise my finger it, up on it. I was, was going to throw out Ryan Leaf's name, and then you you, you got me with a basketball reference, and I messed up. <laughs> then I just I got all confused. Um, let's go on to the NFL slate. Plenty of time to discuss the games this week. Um, do you want to give us our tiers? Yeah, you got it. I have a first. I have a, a since it's uh, six weeks till Christmas. I have a naughty and nice list for you, real quick, and then we'll get into the games. Oh yeah, uh, I was at a Lowe's on October the thirty first, and there was more Christmas. Th- they would make an average man throw up. Yeah, I've the- seen fourteen commercials. That's when the threshold hits where I have to say, "All right, it is Christmas time." So we're gonna start doing a bit on this show for six weeks. Naughty and nice list. This sounds terrible, <laughs> but I'm willing. I'm willing to give it a try. So naughty list team uh, coaches on the hot seat. Nice list coaches that were on the hot seat entering the season who are now not so much on the hot seat. Uh-huh. Naughty list side. Matt Nagy, nice list side. Cliff Kingsbury, naughty list side. Kyle Shanahan. Okay, let's let's slow down here. Let's unpack Matt Nagy. He is mm-hmm. he was on the hot. I mean, he made the playoffs last year. Hung his hat on eight and eight. Got his quarterback, and I think can be like, well, we started Justin Fields all year, and I just need a little more time. I just need more time. Yeah, that's how I feel like he's going to be able to save his job. Other than that, like he cannot play call he just needs to sit there on the sideline and let everyone else make decisions around him no and that timeout i mean yeah he can i guess he can point his he can point his finger at he can say that it's the gm's fault but if the gm gets fired before him then he's maybe he's in not such hot water uh he can you know point and say we had a rookie quarterback he can point and say the referee stuck his butt out you know he has lots of excuses to make but i mean seat's hot firing fiery hot who would you say was on the nice list Nice list. Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury has gone from going into the season like, is was he ever that good? Did Texas Tech, was Texas Tech like really who he was? And now you know the Cardinals have been playing out of their minds. The Cardinals are good. I, yeah, they're was, they're good. Maybe they're just yeah. good. Colt McCoy back when UT was a good good football program. Well, Colt McCoy didn't want to come out and play during the second half of that national championship. So I'll always I'll always hold it against him there. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm Cliff Kingsbury, nice list. And who who else was on your naughty list? Naughty list, uh, Shanahan for the for the 49ers. I think his flaw might be the fact that he is also GM. Let someone else pick his yeah. talent, and he's able to do more with it than he, he's able than he is being distracted by 
talent that he picks. It's very confusing because I feel like, you know, John Lynch is a more well-known figure because he was in the NFL. He won a Super Bowl with either the Buccaneers or the Broncos or both. And he's, you know, out here as what I thought was the GM, but there's always that head of football operations, president of football operations position that kind of bleeds over in the GM. So you, I kind of thought this whole time that he was. So I was kind of like surprised to hear that Shanahan had power than I even thought he did. And Shanahan, you can see it. Like some of his games are masterfully called. I mean, he, he does that zone read um, like running all the time and just runs up and down the field. But then he just has these moments where you're like, he has some built-in excuses. I feel like the 49ers have a thousand players on the IR every year, but you're kind of looking at it now and you're like, dude, why aren't you having any success when, when you have less players injured and your defense is healthy? I just don't, I just, it's Shanahan has more of like a Bitcoin trajectory in the stock market all the time. And he's up and he's down and he's up and he's down. I still think he's a good coach. Nothing about what he like has done has, has, not convince me as good coach, but right now in San Francisco, he is struggling. I like I like that. Crypto Kyle. Crypto, Crypto Kyle. <laughs> such a volatile, such a volatile uh head coach slash GM. But I agree with you. Yeah, if there's a little bit of a Doc Doc Rivers thing going on here where he's got too much power and too much on his plate, it seems like. But they'll give him a full year with Trey Lance next year, I feel. I don't think they're gonna fire him. All right. You got anybody else in your nod or nice list? Zach Taylor, Cincinnati, he came into the season like was it all under Sean McVay that, you know, he was a good coach. Now he's turned it around for the for the Bengals, which is sweet. Uh, the Bengals have had a recent falling from grace, and maybe this is the Bengals yeah, team well, that we should have expected. Like, you, you if as a Bengals fan, you should absolutely celebrate the fact that at one point you were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. But maybe a, a, a revert back to the mean is good for you. Yeah, it's a it's a healthy. I mean, that, that was a drumming. That was the that was winning one for the getting the poison out of the getting the venom out of the out of the wound with OBJ. The Browns just took it to him at Cincinnati. That was wild. Yeah, I, no, nowhere in my brain did I expect the Browns to absolutely dominate the uh, the Bengals like that. And they're they're kind of where they are. They're they're probably second or third in the in their division and. I just, I just can't believe the Steelers are, are winning some games. I thought they were going to lose every single one. Um, so we are who we thought they were. How about that? They we are. Who, um, who, who else you got? Uh, last one I have, who's on both sides. He's on the naughty and nice list. That's, that'd be Urban Meyer. I was going <laughs> to say, I, he uh, all of a sudden, you know, he got his mojo oh. back after uh, – after grabbing a handful, and it's like this is the Urban Meyer of old. He can really, uh, really take it to the Bills. The fact that they won six to nine over some of the one of the best offenses in the NFL with the best defense in the NFL is beyond me. Yeah, that was the WTF mate uh, game of the week or result of the week. We're getting to the point in the NFL season where everyone knows each other now. And the games are going to be much closer, and there's going to be more head scratching moments. And the teams that we thought were definite uh, win every week type teams aren't anymore. And there's there's just too much film out there. The blueprints are all all out there on how to beat every single team. Yeah, I mean that one Tennessee going into the Rams 
stadium and without Derrick Henry for the first game and just drumming them and then Denver drumming Dallas at Jerry World. Like, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Parody's caught up in week nine. Can we talk can we talk about Tennessee for a second? The Saints have the Saints have Tennessee this weekend. Uh Tennessee is favored by three. They're without Derrick Henry, but they're seven and two. They lead the AFC South, which is just the most helpless division in football this year. But um, they have went against uh, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. They've beat the Colts twice, and then they have some. They have the Jets and the Jags, but they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs and the Rams with uh, and the Rams they beat without Derrick Henry. I'm very confused. Did the Titans learn how to play defense? Their offensive line learn how to block. Or is Tannehill an actually a good quarterback? Like, what is going on? And I have a, I have a theory. Whoa! It's their solid long snapping holding game. Oh, that's good. Locker room guy, hundred yeah. percent. Glue guy. Yep. Morgan Cox. Gotta, yeah, I was gonna say not only are they best in the AFC South, I think they're the number one seed as it stands in the AFC right now, which is wild to think about. And and look at their remaining schedule. They have the Saints, the Pats, the Texans twice, the Jags again. The Steelers, the Niners, and the Dolphins. I think there's a guaranteed five wins between playing the Texans twice, the Jags, the Steelers, the Niners, and the Dolphins. I think they can possibly lose to the Saints, possibly lose to the Pats. I think they could lose to the Steelers and the 49ers. So let's call it that. There's definitely there's four wins somewhere in that schedule, and that puts them at eleven and uh oh. Five? Six. Six. 11 yeah. and 6 and that's that's at the very least a wild card. Are we call 11 wins a wild card. Can you win 11 games and not get into the playoffs in the NFL this year? No, especially not when your the rest of your division is all under 500 going into week 10. So, they're in good shape. Yeah. So, the Titans are are fasc, fascinating in my opinion. Yeah. Um yeah, New Orleans at the Titans. I had so I had only Batman returns tier this week. These games were, they're, yeah, they're pretty good sequel. Pretty good, pretty good week. It's okay. Um, is Taysom going to play? What's going on there? What? What? <laughs> this is this is so funny to me because Sean Payton is so loyal to Taysom Hill, <coughs> and it's like, dude, <coughs> <coughs> yikes! Um, I got so excited I choked my own spit. That was great. Um, <laughs> So Taysom Hill, in like a perfect world, it was like, well, you know, we got Jameis Winston. He threw for 5,000 yards last year um, or 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns or whatever it was. We're going to start Jameis Winston. Okay, coach, like no big deal. Taysom Hill's like, no no big deal. And in the moment where Jameis Winston gets hurt and you're clear, you've told everyone that your backup is Taysom Hill and you put in Trevor Simeon and then don't even run like real gadget plays with Taysom Hill. It's like, then what are we doing? I don't know. I, I I was I didn't see any of the game, but I wait, waited for highlights of Taysom, and I didn't see him on the field. I looked in the stat, the box score, didn't see him anywhere. I don't know what was going on. I think they he, just like sliding in a bottle twice because Taysom. I mean, sorry, uh, Trevor Simeon beat the box. I don't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, that it, it doesn't make any sense to me when we when we're paying this guy all this money and he ran the ball twice and maybe caught caught the ball once. He was involved in three plays on offense. It's like, well, let's. We, we're in this perfect scenario where we have Trevor Simeon playing quarterback. Let's just open up open up the Sean Payton's, like, like in, in case of emergency fo- folder and where Taysom Hill is, is featured in 20% of the offense. Maybe the, maybe the concussion is still lingering a little bit. I don't know. Maybe they said, oh, we can beat the Falcons the next time. We play them twice. We'll just save them for Tennessee. 
gamesmanship. I guess. I guess Trevor Simeon is like, well, I, he raises his hand up in the back of the quarterback's room. He's like, I, I know the playbook. And they're like, Trevor, come on down. I can't believe you've been back there the entire – have you been here the whole time? The whole time. All right, you're in. Taysom, take a seat. Like, that isn't – it does. I don't see how that scenario played itself out. Where's Drew? Yeah. Drew's like, no, I'm getting paid money to talk on NBC. Don't you worry about a thing. I'm not coming back. And I do like how Philip Rivers, we said it last week, was like, hey, Saints, I'm available. And they're like, we weren't, we weren't asking. We never, never asked you. We're proud of your call. You're proud of your high school football te- uh, team season, but uh, we're good. Thank you. Though. Yeah. Why don't you just be a father to your 11 kids? <laughs> uh, Cleveland and New England. I'm hoping New England, well, obviously, I want Green Bay to, to take OBJ. So it's Aaron Rodgers and OBJ fighting. But. Be great. There'd be a quick turnaround somehow, and New England picks up OBJ, and, and we get a quick revenge game. Cleveland at New England, New England favored by two. You know, that's obviously the ideal storyline, but this is a good one. I mean, this is kind of an AFC wild card, AFC second best team in their division game. And you said Cleveland was in New England? Yeah. Favored by two? Yeah. Uh, New England favored by two. Oh, that makes okay. That makes more sense to me. Um, what there is something going on in new england they're i think they're ahead of schedule a little bit with their rookie quarterback mac jones and i think it's gonna they've now kind of like looked towards the end of the season and said we got a we got a shot at this i mean the jets the dolphins uh look very pedestrian and the bills look beatable i mean the jags beat the bills so they there is Something we said we could they could make a run at this if the stars do align and they could easily grab a wild wild card spot in my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, this is definitely the Belichick's stock down after Brady won the Super Bowl situation where he's just like completely rebounded, which is which is good to see because it was a lot had a lot more to do with Cam Newton than Belichick losing Brady and that being the end for him or the beginning of the end. So it's good to see Mac Jones playing as the best rookie quarterback in the league and picked fifth of all of them. Well, what'd you expect? Played for played for Nick Saban. All right, Seattle <laughs> Green Bay. <laughs> I just had to get that take out there. I mean, how many bad uh, NFL quarterbacks have Alabama as the alma mater? Uh, AJ McCarron's out there somewhere. Yeah, Brody Croyle. What's he do? Yeah, <laughs> Brody Croyle uh, owns a pecan uh, orchard in Southern Alabama and <laughs> like rotates his crop with soybeans. He, Brody Croyle, I don't know what he's doing, but I'm sure he's happy doing it. He's bass fishing. Shout out to Br- Brody Croyle, Chiefs legend. Uh, Seattle at Green Bay. This is finally Seattle back in the good graces of a not Catwoman tier because Russ is going to come back and going to cook. And no longer does he have to do a fake two-minute drill before a game because he knows he's on camera. He can actually play a real NFL snap again. I do like how the – well, okay, so we're, are we confirmed that Aaron Rodgers is back? Uh, I, I hope so. I mean, if he wants to join the NFL again, you know, that'd be great. Um, the Seahawks I, – I think part of the Seahawks fan base is saying that Pete Carroll might be done. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks that, and part of me thinks that USC is going to give Pete Carroll a, uh, a phone call and say, why don't you move back down the West Coast and come see what you can do at USC for a little bit. Really? Not as AD, but as like back to head coach at 78 or whatever he is? Well, that's a good point. I, I forgot that he's – I mean, he chews gum so much that his facial structure is is the tightest I've ever seen it on a 78-year-old. It is, it is. He doesn't have the loose jowls. He definitely looks like – 
he look, he's got a nice nice old man tight face and he looks he looks pretty good. I always remember I always forget he's that old and they're always like he's the oldest coach in the NFL and I'm like, it's not Belichick, it's not somebody else, it's him. I thought he was like sixty two. He's he's camera ready. Yeah. No, no, it's impressive. Uh Green Bay favored by three and a half, so I'm guessing Vegas has Aaron Rodgers as a coming back to play in this game. Agreed. Uh, speaking of Vegas, last game, Kansas City at Vegas. Kansas City favored by two and a half on the road. I'm guessing because Las Vegas, the Raiders, that is, just lost to the Giants somehow and making another week nine parody impact red flag. Um, but AFC West is kind of on the line here. Uh, agreed. And the and the Chiefs, the Chiefs need this more than the Raiders. And the Raiders have their locker room – has been so disrupted. They d- dismissed um, Henry Ruggs. They dismissed John Gruden. And one of their teammates just got posted all over social media, waving a gun and threatening to kill people. And while it is what I'm going to say, like they got rid of three, you know, guys that were, that turned out to be bad guys. Yeah. That oh, is. The first round, I forgot about the first round pick. It's the guy you're talking about the gun. I, I didn't know that's what he did. But I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot. I forgot his name. Forgive me. But that is so disruptive to a locker room. You have to yeah. go out in front of the media and answer questions about we almost like three weeks in a row, basically for a month, five weeks now. Mm-hmm. It has been constant disruption, and that just takes a toll mentally on a player. Like if you, the stability of the locker room is is quite important. And the Vegas, I think we're going to start seeing start seeing some bad results from Vegas. I mean, Derek Carr probably has absurd numbers. If you're a Raiders fan, you're probably going to show show us how Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the NFL if you adjust a couple of stats. Like there right? Am I am I not right? There's always that guy out there. Air yards he can't complete anymore cuz Henry Ruggs is off the team. Yeah, like just that. just just something. Um so it's Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake in their backfield gives them a chance, but I just don't see I just don't see the Raiders beating the Chiefs, but I've said that about the Chiefs all year. I I think I've if you would have asked me every single week would I pick the Chiefs, I don't think there's a team I would be like, yeah, they're going to beat the Chiefs for sure. So what do I know? Yeah, it happened. It was it was like definitely a cry wolf situation or fool me once with the Chiefs. It was it was just like one bad game and then it was like, that's eh, fine. Two bad games. Ah, there's, there's something's going on. Like it's not haha. <laughs> Stop it, guys. And then the third one it's like <laughs> what what happened to Mahomes? Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone... Now we're like week four of them not being who we thought they were, and it's yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Yeah, sports fans, that is all the time that we have. Please download our podcast, give us a five star review, say whatever you want to in the comments section. We're available on on Spotify and on iTunes. Jeff Bezos still on Mars, still hasn't found us yet on Amazon. Still. Um, but that's it, and that is all.